refreshing, delicious and packed with the good stuff. It's The Juice with Louise Wilkinson on Newcastle Live Radio. Well, it is our main squeeze time, which means we welcome back our resident relationships and sex therapist, Gabrielle Laurie, to The Juice. Welcome back, Gabrielle. Hello, thanks for having me on The Juice. Always a pleasure. Now, today we're delving into a subject that uh, we hear a lot about, but, you know, I'm interested to dive more into it and define what it is and what can be considered healthy and what can be considered unhealthy, and that is self-esteem. Yes, yeah. so important for healthy relationships. Yes, most definitely. Yep. Okay. So um, let's have a look at, at what self-esteem is and and first of all, sort of how it can be defined as healthy or unhealthy in relationships. Okay. So self-esteem is basically thinking good of yourself. Mm. You like yourself as a person, you back you. So, and, but a lot of people don't have this. A lot of people, so when we're, when we're growing up as kids, if we get nurture, guidance and limits from our parents we can develop pretty good self-esteem and secure attachment Um, especially I mean if that's done in a healthy way not an abusive way if for some reason we don't get one of those key parenting things growing up say for instance you don't get many limits you might get a grandiose self-esteem like Mm. entitlement to everything Um, or if you get too much criticism you might have like a shame-based self-esteem. So what these can do in a relationship is if you have a grandiose sense of self-esteem, you can easily fall into one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, which is contempt. Yes. And contempt, yeah. Contempt is basically looking down on someone else and thinking you're better than them. And it can come out in an eye roll or a sigh or you don't even have to say much. You could be doing it internally or externally. But contempt is the cause of psychological abuse in relationships. So you really don't want to give yourself permission to ever think you're better than another person. Healthy self-esteem is knowing you're as good as other people, as perfectly imperfect as other people. You're not yes. better than, you're not less than. So if you feel contempt, don't give yourself permission to speak with disrespect to your partner. Yeah. It's a really slippery slope. And don't let other people speak to you with disrespect. But study what that actually looks like. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've heard in the past that that contempt is ahead of uh, cheating. It's ahead of all sorts of different stuff in terms of the damage that it can do to relationships. It's probably your number one um, red flag contempt. It's just not a lot of coming back from it. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the, I mean, the Gottman Institute said it's one of the main signs that signals divorce or you should do it. Yeah. (laughs) Because once you're in contempt for too long, you're really not liking that person Mm. and you're judging everything they do and that's not love. That's the opposite of love. Yes. So, yeah, so the remedy for contempt is to reward every try, every effort, to know that, you know, to thank each other for the effort that you put in. You don't have to get things perfect. Um, there could be underlying childhood wounds that are obstacles, not yep. someone that is really being lazy or selfish on purpose. 
So let's look at another other poor self-esteem. I suppose there's different ways of having self-esteem, and I'll tell you some of the unhealthy ways mm. that many people in society are brought up to have self-esteem. So many men in particular, some women, um, and the number is growing amongst women, have achievement-based self-esteem. So this creates um, competitiveness, workaholism. If you lose those things that that give you that self-esteem, if you lose your job, you know, then who are you? You feel worthless. You might stop being a good parent at home. You might just start drinking all the time. You know, if you have your self-esteem based on outside achievements, then it's very precarious. So the same with attributes-based self-esteem. This is when you've got to have the best car or the best house or your children have to go to the best university or be A-grade students. So it's attribute-based self-esteem. So this puts a lot of pressure on your kids. This puts a lot of uh, pressure on your relationship. You might be like start to live behind a mask with each other because you're acting perfect mm. and then that all falls apart behind closed doors at home. <laughs> so that is also precarious. And then the last form of unhealthy self-esteem is other-based self-esteem. So this is where we're dependent on another person's approval to, for us to approve of ourselves. Mm. And if that other person dares to give us any criticism, we're devastated or resentful or we can't handle it or we can't take on board anything and adjust our behaviour. So, you know, it creates codependence. It's uh, the basis of love addiction, um, people-pleasing. We might burn out spending our life people-pleasing because we just want approval from others. Mm. So people with real inner self-esteem, it's called an internal locus of control, they have healthy boundaries. They are able to give from a place of joy and then they're able to say no when they really need a break from giving. Mm. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, okay. Well, look, what we might do is we'll take a really short break and when we come back we'll talk about um, healthy self-esteem and how we might get ourselves into that space as well if we're identifying with any of the unhealthy markers. We'll be right back with Gab on the main squeeze here on The Juice very shortly. We're back with our sex and relationships therapist, Gabrielle Laurie, on the main squeeze. And today we're talking about self-esteem. Now, before the break, we talked about what unhealthy self-esteem looks like, and we started to get into what healthy self-esteem looks like. So, Gabrielle, if we were identifying with any of the unhealthy behaviours, what do we need to look for to get into a healthy space with our self-esteem? The easiest way I think people can achieve that, if I can, you know, to put it in a nutshell, uh, nutshell, not a nutshell, <laughs> um, is pretend you've got uh, an inner child and an inner parent. Yes. And uh, your inner child is, I suppose, represents your emotional self and your inner parent, your logical self or rational self. So if you're... If you parent your inner child like you would a child that you adore, you know, you give them healthy food. You make sure they have eight hours sleep a night or more. You make sure they have regular exercise. You know, you take care of your inner child like you would uh, your real child that you really love if you have kids. 
And if you're not doing that, if you're mistreating your inner child, you're going to have low self-esteem. And then, so if you're eating junk food, not sleeping, not exercising, you're not going to have, you're not going to be feeling very good. Uh, You'll probably start getting negative inner self-talk or you might have that already. Uh, If you had a childhood where you felt really criticised or never living up to your parents' high standards, you know, you might have to look at your inner self-talk and do some cognitive behaviour therapy forms. So you can print them off Google and you just start filling them in. Like, what's the thought I'm having today? Oh, you're hopeless, Mary. Why even bother? Mm. Okay. And then on the form, you write that down and you go, okay, how does that make me feel? Oh, I feel really, really sad. Uh, Okay, what's the evidence that proves that thought is true? And what's the evidence that proves that thought is not true? And if it's not totally 100% factual, you know, what's a more rational thought I could have? So rather than saying you're hopeless, Mary, to myself, if I was Mary, I might say, oh, just because you didn't pass your driver's licence on the first go, you might have just been a bit tired and we can always do it again. So that's a healthier thought rather than just telling yourself you're hopeless when Mm. you fail at something. Yes. So, yeah, you just need to add a bit more kinder inner voice. So that's part of parenting your inner child. The next thing I suppose is there's a book called The Six Pillars of Self-Esteem. It's been around by uh, Nathaniel Brandon for years. And he says the six pillars of building inner self-esteem is living consciously, self-acceptance of all our, you know, Uh, imperfections or good sides and bad sides or just loving them all you know Uh, self-responsibility you're just owning if you've made a mistake Uh, and then doing a repair yeah then self-assertiveness a lot of people are victims of their own lack of assertiveness especially if they have low self-esteem and and they can start focusing on other people should have guessed how they felt and given them what they needed and blaming other people for not having a life that they want. But when you have some healthy assertiveness skills, you can create the life you want. Yeah. Uh, Living purposely and personal integrity, doing what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it, and living purposefully, having that dream and taking baby steps towards it, whether it feels uncomfortable or not, whether, you know, that inner voice is going, oh, you'll never achieve it, why bother? You just keep taking baby steps, like brushing your teeth. You yeah. might not feel like doing it or not, but it's taking care of your inner child. So. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All of that makes complete sense. And it's it's stuff that, you know, when you say it, it's like, yeah, I can see how I'd need to do that. But we don't do it, do we? We, you know, and life, yeah. life can get busy and, and we don't yeah. do it. And just these these conversations that we have, just getting people to stop and check in and, and do those simple actions that can just make all the difference, uh, you know, can really save some people's sanity but also save relationships because I can imagine that when you when self-esteem issues present themselves in relationships that it can be very challenging for the person who's suffering from the low self-esteem but also for the person who's trying to love them. Absolutely. Yeah, if you've got low self-esteem, you might be tempted to um, always be telling your partner about your empty cup and expecting them to fill it up, Mm. you know, and this can be quite draining for the other person. 
And so you've got to fill up your own cup of self-esteem as much as possible, as long as they're treating you well still. Uh, but you can't be reliant on their approval and their their constant praise or their, you know, everything. You've got to give that to yourself. Yes. So, yeah, and then you can both come to each other with full cups and, you know, that's a beautiful feeling in a relationship when you take care, you both take care of your own happiness and, you know, you are the cake. The relationship is just some icing. It's a bonus. Yeah. yeah Yeah. I see it um look Gab thanks so much for this discussion it's been absolutely enlightening and you know these simple steps that that you've laid out those six pillars you know critical for everybody to know uh I know that we talk a lot about how you wish and I wish you've converted me that we teach this stuff in schools uh, because it would just make such a difference and make adulting so much easier if we had that emotional intelligence and that knowledge uh, going forward. But look, you know, life is a school, as they say, so it's you're never too old to stop learning. And I thank you so much for bringing this to the table today. You're so welcome. My pleasure. That was Gabrielle Laurie, our resident relationships and sex therapist here on The Juice.